Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. If you're a guest here, I want to welcome you to the perfect place for imperfect people. I'm Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. When we say things like amen, that simply means so be it. And that's what we believe. We're asking God that, that what you want to do would be done in this place. That the goodness that you want to give to us, the gentleness you want to show to us, that you would do that. And I just believe that God can do that because he's doing it in my life. You know, uh, Today, I just want to let you know that I, I'm preaching to myself, okay? Um, Sometimes I preach to you. Uh, I'll admit I'm imperfect. Sometimes I preach what happened in my week and, and uh, probably shouldn't do that because then I, I think of people when I'm saying some things and that's not normally good. But today I'm preaching myself. A few weeks ago as, we were, as I was preparing for this Sunday, uh, the Holy Spirit just made it clear, this is for you. So if this resonates with you, please listen. You can learn from it. But um, today I'm just teaching myself, amen. Because in my life, I have not exampled my friend and Savior Jesus all the time as I want to. Sometimes I spew angered words and frustrated sayings upon people, and I know it doesn't represent who Jesus is through my actions. That happened this past week. I'm preparing to speak today on the fruit of the Spirit, and um, I got an opportunity to really display it, and I didn't. My mom called me up. My mom, uh, she's Korean. English is not her first language. She was having a challenge with her bank. She could not understand what they were asking her to do, and so I called up, and, and, and I dial up with my mom, and who picks up is this, this wonderful customer service representative named Brianna, and Brianna, well, let's just say... Um, she knew how to do her job very well. She's reading the script the entire time. You know, they all have a script and they say just a few things. And so I'm trying to tell her what's going on. She says, I'm sorry, Mr. Gamero. There's no more information that I can give you at this time. And it was just driving me crazy to, to the point where I flipped out on her. I said, Brianna, stop reading your script. And I tried to lean into her humanity. I was like, do you understand what I'm saying? This is my mom. She's an immigrant, okay? Like she pays her taxes. She goes to church. I need your help and your script of, I'm sorry, Mr. Gamero, that's all they like. That's not helping. And what does she do? Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Gamero. I've given you all the information I can. There's no new information. And so I, I did that thing that all of us are guilty of doing. I said that one word. I, I called out to that person who, who I thought could help. I said, well, I want to speak to your and Brianna, oh, she was so good. She went right back to the script and said, Mr. Gamero, we've given you all the information. This is what the bank provides. And, and I would be more than happy to transfer you over to a supervisor. And Brianna, she was so good. She, oh, she got me so good. She said, but unfortunately, the way to speak to one of our supervisors is 45 minutes to an hour. And in that moment, I realized, man, I've wasted my time. I've wasted her time, and I'm about to waste a whole lot more time. And then it hit me, and I thought it was the Holy Spirit, but I know the Holy Spirit wouldn't say this. But I heard, that's what you get, you idiot. <laughs> so I changed my tone, and I became more gentle, and I apologized to Brianna. I said, Brianna, I know you're just doing your job, and I'm sorry for raising my voice and losing my temper on you. You have been a wonderful customer service representative, and I know you're trying to understand my situation. For that, I'm sorry. 
but I can't wait 45 minutes to talk to somebody. She said, it's no problem, Mr. Gamero. I'll stick with you on the line the entire time. I'm like, oh, she's so nice. And she did. Every two minutes, she'd chime back in. How are you doing, Mr. Gamero? It's just going to be a few more moments, okay? And she just kept on doing that every two minutes. And finally, I talked to the supervisor. And by this time, I changed my tone. I was more gentle. And the supervisor was very gracious toward me, shared with me all the same things, said all the same things on the script, but didn't read from the script, just said it in different ways. And I was like, thank you so much for your time. I gave Brianna a positive review. I stayed for the survey afterwards. She got five stars. But I realized that, like, I was a jerk, right? I think all of us, we've been in that position before where we've said something that we know we shouldn't have or, or we, we spewed our emotions on a person maybe because we felt like they had it coming. Hopefully what happens afterwards is you feel like me. You feel like, man, what a terrible example I was. And hopefully you feel bad about it and hopefully you repent and thankfully God does forgive, amen. But what happens to us collectively as, as a people of God, as, as we on our own time unleash on people and don't show grace and don't show gentleness and, and you know, share our authority. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I do? You should listen to me. What happens is that the world like they do in 2021, they don't want to have much to do with Jesus because the people of Jesus are inconsiderate jerks. And we know that's not who God is. And we know that's not the example that Jesus gave to us. And we know that's not the fruit he's trying to produce in us. And we know that's not what it means to be part of the family of God. There are dysfunctional people in the family of God, but our founder, our heavenly father, he is not dysfunctional. And so something has to change in that so that we can have healthy relationships within this family, this familia called the church and with people on the outside. And so one of our values here at the local church, you see it everywhere. You hear us say, we say familia happens here. We don't say family because this is South Florida, number one, and number two, because everybody says, oh, we're family. It just feels like when you're you're here at Olive Garden, it's family. And we know it's not really family because we hear that word so often, and now it becomes something that's so familiar to us. And so we want to make sure that, 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 that this community that God is building here, that we don't see it for something that is familiar. We don't take it for granted. We believe that Familia happens here, meaning genuine community and connectedness is what God has created me for. From the very beginning, God created man. He said, it's not good that man is alone and created community. We have been purposed and designed from the very beginning with intention to connect with other people. But the challenge with relationships is that people are imperfect and we're left with conflict and division, anger, disagreements. So that's why we're in this series called 
locally grown. I got my locally grown t-shirt on. I'm excited for what God's doing. We're talking about the fruit that he wants to produce inside of us, this fruit of the spirit, that the spirit of God will naturally grow within us as we learn to lean into him and learn from his leading so that number one, we can be all that God's created us to be, but but perhaps equally as important, if not more, number two, so we can be a blessing to everyone around us, like Brianna. Galatians 5.22 is where we find this. You should be familiar with this passage by now. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Say gentleness. I want to talk about gentleness today and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Gentleness is a fruit that is so important for our relationships, for our friendships. It is fundamental to us being connected to one another. And here this fruit is translated, this gentleness is translated to meek and humble. To be gentle means to be meek and humble. And a lot of us, especially some of the men in here, we, we don't like that. We think meek is weak. Humility, it's 2021. We got to show our brand. People like when you have bravado. And we think that, that being gentle is a display of weakness. But it's actually quite the opposite. I want you to write this down. First big idea. Gentleness isn't weakness or lack of strength. No, gentleness is strength under control. It's getting all this potential to control this desire, to want to control situations, to control people. It's getting that under control. And this isn't self-control. We'll talk about self-control in a few weeks. This is something different. This is getting our control under control. That word gentleness to the Greeks in the original language, it's a word praos. And the word, when they said that, it was likened more to a wild animal that has been tamed. I want you to get that picture in your mind of, of a, a trained racing horse out, out in the wilds. You know, the, the stallion is, is powerful, could take you out, could, d- does what it wants to do that's been built and created to do, but now it's, it's been tamed. It's been under the submission of, of a Lord and a master. And now over years, it's been trained and it knows when it's running, when it's racing, when to go full speed ahead. But if there is a turn to protect and to care for, it, it then controls its strength. As it goes around the corner, it controls its strength. It does just, does, doesn't just go full speed all the time and then has a straightaway again and it continues to go. That's what it means to have your strength under control. That's what it means to operate with gentleness. People who are growing in gentleness, they're balanced. They don't overreact. Oh my gosh. And they don't underreact. Inside their heart, there's no insecurity. They don't feel the need to try to impress other people or try to prove why they are right or show displays of their strength or their authority. Listen and submit to my leadership. No, why? Because inside of their heart, there's inner strength. There's peace in their heart. And I need to grow in this. 
I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit, when I look at this fruit of his spirit, maybe for you it was something else. Maybe for you it was kindness. Maybe for you it was faithfulness last week. But I know that this is where I need to grow. This is what I need so I can look more like Christ. Because all of these fruit that we're talking about, these are Christ-like characteristics. This is what he exampled. This is how he lived. And this is what his spirit within us wants to grow so we can look like Jesus. Some of us, we don't want to look like Jesus because we have this image in our head of this Swedish-looking Jesus. Right? You've seen that picture. He has a baby blue sash and Vidal Sassoon hair. And we think, I don't want that Jesus. He has soft hands. He, he's weak. He's meek. But that's not who Jesus was. Being meek didn't mean that Jesus was weak. Didn't mean that Jesus was a wimp. Jesus just wasn't a wet blank that everyone just threw around. No, there are plenty of times in God's word that we see Jesus standing up with authority and speaking loudly and with righteous anger leading people to who they need to be. Do you remember that time Jesus flipped over all the tables in the temple? Remember that story? He created a whip out of of what was laying around and began to get out the money changers. That wasn't Jesus losing his cool. That wasn't Jesus flipping out. He was intentional. The seriousness of the situation caused him to lead with strength. People were being taken advantage of in the name of God. You had all these worshipers who were coming to repent and to enjoy the presence of God and to to sing their their songs of, of, of thanksgiving to him. But there are all these money changers out in the temple knowing that they had to provide a sacrifice. They probably don't have one. And so they began to double, triple, quadruple the the prices of these sacrifices, making a profit on people. People seeking to connect with God. And we see that today, don't we? I don't know how many of us still watch late night TV. I, I don't know. I don't have cable anymore. We cut the cable. We do the apps now. So I don't watch anything live on TV. But I, I remember many years ago, I'd be bored. You know, my wife would be asleep and I don't know what to do. And so I'd put on any random channel, channel 19, which I don't even know what channel 19 is. And there'd always be like at 1230 night, these televangelists, these, these, these charlatans who would say, if you would just give a hundred dollar offering, I'll send you this miracle spring water. I'll send you this this, this cloth that I prayed over and it will heal you of all your sickness and it will help your finances and you will win the lottery and too many people buy into these lies and give their offering to these scammers because they think this is what I need to be healed. This is what God's asking me to do if, if I'm going to get out of my financial situation. We've said we'd never talk bad about another church in the name of Jesus. We speak the good in everyone, but but these aren't the people of Jesus. These are liars and crooks and scammers. We still see this today. And so it's our job to, to call that out. And it's our job to care for those who are being taken advantage of because that's who Jesus is. Jesus never belittled people. Jesus never responded with aggression towards those who were against him. In fact, what we see Jesus doing is those who are rejected by the rest, Jesus welcomed the men. And this is what he had to say to them. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he says, Come to me, 
All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am what? Come on, 1030, I am what? Say it with a little more gentleness. Jeez, you guys are, (laughs) I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This was important back then, as it still is today, because back then in that culture, in the time of Jesus, there's this well-known saying that, that we, would, we would take the yoke of the law upon us. And every good Jewish person who, who wanted to be a good Jewish person, they understood what this meant. It meant to, to bow your knee and to bow your neck and to, to take the, the burden of the law, to take the blessing of the law, to commit yourself and submit to the leadership of the law of the Lord. And that's not a bad thing. Because the law was actually given as a blessing to the people. And God gave the law to his people. And he said, if you follow the law, you'll find that it's actually best for you. Because the Ten Commandments, they're really about two things. They're about loving God and loving people. But by the time we get to Jesus, all the religious leaders, they added so much to the law. And it was no longer a blessing. It was no longer a, a, a yoke to experience an authentic relationship with the God of all creation. It became a tool for crushing conformity. And these religious leaders were nothing humble. They were not gentle. And so Jesus says, I've come not to set people free from the law, Not to abolish it, but to live it out. To show you the real meaning of what it means to take the yoke of the law upon you. To show what it really means to have a relationship with God. One that is marked with humility and meekness. Not heaviness and authority. And we can, we can experience that for ourselves today. Some of us, we've experienced the weightiness of religion. Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. I want to give you rest for your souls. I want that for us. I know some of your stories, and, and I want that in us as well. I know some of us, the weight of religion is heavy on our shoulders, and we need some rest. God wants to give that to us today. He wants to produce that inside of us. But it's not easy on our own, is it? Of course not. We want to be gentle, but it's not easy with imperfect people. And so we need to understand that Jesus' example of gentleness wasn't just with people who agreed with him, who liked him, who followed him. Jesus' example with gentleness was with people who pushed against him, people who disagreed, people who worked against him. And we see at the end of his life, very clearly, when he was arrested, he could have called on 12 legions of angels to wipe out everybody, but he didn't, did he? When he was in court and and having false accusations cast upon him, he could have spoken clearly and powerfully and, and dumbfounded all the wisdom of men, but for the most part, he stayed silent. When he's on the cross, 
And people are casting insults upon him, torturing him, abusing him. He could have cursed everybody. He's, he's creator God. He could have said, you're going to have gout and, and you're going to have high cholesterol and I'm just going to make you ugly because I can do that. But he didn't do that, did he? No, he said, Father, forgive them. And then as he's hanging on the cross, he sees his earthly mother and he charges one of his disciples to care for her for the rest of her life. Even on the cross, he understands the importance of community, of relationships, of familia, but he does it all with gentleness. And I'm so grateful for the example we have in Jesus. I'm so grateful that the founder and the finisher of our faith was not one of aggression, was not one of violence, but one of control under control. But here's what else I know. I'm not Jesus. <laughs> Neither are you. Turn to somebody, look in the eyes, tell them honestly, you're not Jesus. Neither am I. It's hard to be in a relationship with people because people are imperfect. And so here's another big idea that I want us to understand. The only way that we can be more like Jesus is when we let his spirit lead us. I want to be like Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. And the only way I can be more like him is when we let his spirit lead us. And for any of you who have had ears to hear over these past five weeks, you know that I've said this every single week in just very different ways. Because that's what it's all about. This is the fruit that he wants to grow in us. And in our willpower, we don't have the ability to make this change on our own. We may have some ability for some time. But if you're like me, eventually you're going to default back to, I want to talk to your supervisor. So we need to learn to lean into his spirit to help us grow, to help us to become more like him. Galatians 5, again. But the fruit of the spirit, these Christ-like characteristics is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. We're saying, listen, this is not what God wants. This is not what it means to be part of his family. And so I'm surrendering this. I'm committing myself to look more like him. I'm crucifying my flesh so I can look more like him. But then verse 25, it says, if we live by the spirit, if we've been made new forever because of the spirit of God that raised him from the dead is the same spirit living inside of us. Let's learn to lean in the spirit. Let's learn to walk according to his spirit, to have his spirit lead us and for us to obey that's the only way. Because I know practically, some of us, we find it so hard to love some people. Some of us, we're like, we're proud of it. I don't even like some people. And I get it. People are the worst. Anyone know the worst person ever? Show of hands. Yeah, guess what? It's all a different person. We all know the worst person. You might be the worst person to someone else. People are the worst. But they're worth it. People matter to God. He doesn't see you on your worst day. He sees what you can become in Jesus. If people matter to God, people must matter 
to us. We must learn how to grow in gentleness to respond to people who are imperfect with gentleness, whether or not they agree with us, whether or not they let us down, or whether or not they're even gentle. 1 Peter 3.15, listen to what Peter says. He says, in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now Paul, Peter here, he's talking about sharing our faith with other people. You know, in 2021, in our culture today, specifically in America, it, it's very anti-Christian. And people are like, why do you believe what you do? Why do you even gather in that community? Why is it that, that, that you do the things that you do and say you follow Jesus? And Peter is saying, we need to always have an answer ready of this hope that is within us. And to answer with gentleness and respect. And maybe I just live in a bubble. Maybe in your world it's different. But what I see on social media is not gentleness or respect. You're a Christian? Why? Well, shut up. You're an idiot and you're going to hell. Now, that may be true, but it's not helpful. It's not respectful. It's not gentle. We claim respect with all due respect. You're an idiot and you're going to hell. Now, it doesn't work that way. But how many of us have found that, that a gentle response is usually what people Will leave remembering, even if they don't agree with it. See, but that's talking about sharing our faith. And more often than not, most of us in here, we don't have arguments about our faith with other people. Most of us in here, we have arguments about things that have no eternal consequence, right? I'm not just talking about who's going to win the game. Like, too many people are triggered about so many things, and, and this, this helps with those arguments, this helps with those disagreements. This helps with those relationships to respond with gentleness and respect. Too many of us, what we do when someone disagrees with us is, is we stay silent. And, and that could be helpful. Of course that can. And, and some of us, when someone disagrees with us, we get aggressive and we match our aggression with their aggression. Instead of being helpful, it's actually hurtful. It makes matters worse. But there's a third way. There's the way of the Spirit of God. And that is for us to get our need for control under control by this fruit of gentleness. Proverbs 15.1. It says this. It says, a gentle answer. Let me say it with gentleness. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. That's good godly wisdom, isn't it? I mean, it just makes sense. If you're talking like this all the time, people are like, eh, I don't want to hear it. But a gentle, a gentle answer turns away wrath. A gentle answer helps build bridges. That's good, godly wisdom. But if you're like me, and I know that, 
And I read that, but I still, it's hard for me sometimes to give a gentle answer to imbeciles. I need something more. So I want to give some practical wisdom. My father-in-law, he shared this with me uh, 10 years ago. I was barely 30 and just started a church and felt like, man, everyone, everyone considers me young. I'm the young pastor. So I got to defend everything that I do and I got to defend why we do everything we do. My father-in-law just sat me down one day six weeks into starting a church and gave me this bit of advice that I want to share with you today. Write this down. This is important. I think this is going to bless you. Here's some practical wisdom of how to deal with people, of how to bring change, of, of how to have agreement. Ask this question first. Does it need to be said? Does it need to be said? Second question my father-in-law asked me. Does it need to be said right now? Now, this is where I typically mess up. I'm like, yeah, it needs to be said. They need to know. My wife needs to know that she needs to do this. Right now, after she got home with kids who have been crawling all over her, after, like, there's chaos in the world, if you answer yes to that, third question, does it need to be said right now by me? Man, if I could just, if we could just learn that, if, if we could, in the heat of the moment, Pause and take a deep breath and ask those questions as the Holy Spirit leads. Does this need to be said right now by me? Sometimes the answer will be yes. Sometimes something needs to happen right now. And God has sent you. But a little side note here. If the answer is always yes to all three of those questions, and I say this with gentleness, <laughs> you are the problem. If it's always, yeah, something needs to be said right now, right this instant, and I gotta say it, if that's always the response, you are the problem. And the issue most likely is insecurities in your heart where you feel like I always have to be right. I always have to prove my point. I have to be in control. And that type of heart never produces healthy fruits. God's trying to, he's trying to grow gentleness in us. He's trying to make us look more like him. And people who are growing in gentleness, they don't need to be right. People who are growing in gentleness, they, they, they don't disagree and get angry as often. People who are growing in gentleness, they don't become defensive so easily. In fact, the opposite begins to occur, right? When someone corrects you, you receive it. You learn from it. Even if it's not gentle. People who are growing in gentleness receive correction. Now, does anyone here like correction? A show of hands. Anyone here like to be corrected? We got one person, which means he's a liar. <laughs> two liars, two liars. Like, you, you like someone telling you, this is where you went wrong. I know most of us don't, okay? You, you're honest, you're honest. But the reality is all of us need that. Every single one of us, if we're gonna grow, we need correction. We need pruning. We need direction. 
All of us, we have blind spots. All of us have areas that that we are not growing in, that we hide from other people. And if it would be wise to receive correction, we could grow in wisdom. We can learn from it. We could become all that God wants us to be. But so many of us, we push away when it comes to correction because oftentimes the correction isn't given with gentleness. But, But look what Proverbs 13, 18 says. It says, whoever heeds correction is honored. We should welcome it. But before Proverbs says that in verse, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is what? Did the Bible just call us stupid? Sure did. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I did it my way. My way is the right way. We don't receive correction hinders our relationships, decreases our fruitfulness. Pastor Steve, I love him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it out, Pastor Steve. If Pastor Steve ever goes somewhere, I'm going with him, okay? If he, God calls him somewhere, we're leaving too, because I don't ever want to do ministry without Pastor Steve. So pray that God never sends him anywhere. We've been doing this for a very long time together. And back when I was younger and he was really young, he was still a high school student. And then when he first got into college, we planted a church together. And in those days, he didn't receive correction very well. I had to pull him over a few times and, and speak into his life about the way that he was leading and the way that he was loving people and, and um, the way that we're doing services. And it seemed in the very beginning, he would always come back and tell me why his way was right and my way was wrong. (laughs) It was very difficult. But something happened when we just decided, we're not trying to get bigger, we we just want to be better. We're not trying to gather people with very well done production. We really want people to experience the intimate personal presence of God. And when we begin to surrender to that, something happened in my heart. Something happened in his heart. Steve learned and, and grew from that. In fact, he's one of the, the most gentle leaders, if not the most gentle leader I know today. And here we are 14 years later of serving alongside in ministry together. And honestly, I, I could learn something from Pastor Steve. I don't know about you, but, but, but I failed in this before. I've made mistakes. I've let people down. It's a perfect place for imperfect people. I'm going to let you down. And you know what that feels like when someone lets you down. Like you want to give them a piece of your mind. You want to tell them why they were wrong and what they could do better. Probably all of us have been there, but look what Paul tells us in Galatians 6. To someone who has faltered, to someone who has messed up, screwed up, failed you. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That's where it seems to go wrong sometimes, right? It's not gentle. Then he says this, he says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. People will fail us from time to time. People will sin against us from time to time. 
But keep watch, lest you be tempted, because all of us, we've been there too, haven't we? All of us have messed up. All of us have let someone down. And knowing that, when, when we see that happen to someone else, if we continue just to pile on and, and push on the aggression and raise the volume and show the authority, what, what we tend to see is that people are pushed further away. But, but if, we could, if we could stop and let the Holy Spirit lead us as Jesus lived and help them to gently see where they've gone wrong and to lovingly correct them to get better. And we wouldn't have these church splits. We wouldn't have a church familia filled with so many hurt people from other ministries. John chapter 8. These religious leaders, they, they brought a woman caught in adultery right before Jesus. And they're saying, hey, you know the law, teacher, rabbi. What should we do to her? How did Jesus respond? With gentleness. He understood her obvious embarrassment. And he didn't excuse her sin. He didn't overlook her sin but, but he saw right through what these religious leaders were trying to do, how they're trying to trap him and how they're trying to put a burden on her. So Jesus responds with a gentle word. As they continue to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who's without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And they didn't know what to do because they knew that the law that they Branded, that they fought for, that they crushed other people for, and accused them as well. So one by one, they began to put down their stones. They began to walk away, first the accusers, then the crowd. And, and then in this confidential moment that heaven lets us look into, with no one else around, Jesus speaks to her about her sin gently. And gives her hope for the future. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. I love these words. Jesus said, neither do I. Neither do I condemn you. Oh, go. From now on, sin no more. How do we respond to people who are caught in sin, who fail us? Aha! I knew it! I knew you couldn't be trusted! Is that how we respond? You know how I respond often? I think it a lot. I say it a whole lot at home. I told you so! Daddy, I'm hurt. I told you! You shouldn't have jumped from the couch to the kitchen table. Now you're bleeding. It's not my problem. Should have listened to Dad. Told you! You think I'm joking? <laughs> I was like, have grace on the kids. But how does Jesus respond? Gentleness. I don't condemn you. I have something better for you. I see hope and a future in your life. But this sin is killing you. This sin is dividing you from 
your friends and family. It's ruining your relationships. I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more from this moment. I need gentleness. I told you this was for me today. As I've examined my life and the way that I've responded with, to people, the way that I've maybe given correction in the past, the way that I act in my car when someone cuts me off in traffic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Brianna. I need gentleness. But I'm so grateful for my literal family, my literal familia, and my church familia that keeps me accountable, that keeps us accountable. Several months ago, we went to a restaurant, and, and you know this, going to a restaurant in the pandemic, it's like, why even? You're just going to go crazy. And so we're at this restaurant, I won't say the name, and the service is terrible, and the server is bad. She forgets our food, it's cold, doesn't refill, gets things wrong, and you know me. <laughs> I'm like, I want to speak to her manager. Get over here. Let me talk to your manager. But my wife, who was equally as frustrated because they never mess up my order. They always mess up her order. She did something that humbled me in that moment. She called the server over. <laughs> and uh, because my wife was a server, she knew that she was in the weeds. She knew that they had very few employees at that time. And she says, hey, I know this is really difficult for you. And I can see that you have a lot of tables just want to let you know that our food was wrong and this is cold and we haven't had our refills yet. If you could do that, that'd be really great. And then my wife, just because she was a server for so long, she began to help her and give her some tips on how she can do it better. And the, the lady goes back and she brings back our, our check. And, and, and then my wife, my wife goes the extra mile. And she says, how can we pray for you as we leave today? I just sense that there's a heaviness on you. And this, this young girl began to open up and to share with us the problems in her family and with her children. She comes back after we pay the bill and she says, you know, you guys are some of the nicest people I've ever met. And in my head, I'm like, if you only knew. <laughs> I was about to get you fired. Talk to your manager. You're terrible at your job. If you only knew what I was thinking, if you only knew how Good, I'm not. How many times I have failed. If you only knew his love for you. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're in this. That's why we want this fruit in our life. Philippians 2.3. Paul tells us, First Peter, now Paul tells us how to treat people. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Which is yours in Christ Jesus. We can see this. Who, though he was... In the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus was anything but weak, but everything he did was with gentleness. So the question I want to leave us with today is this. 
We may be the only Jesus people experience each day. Will we be gentle or judgmental? You may be the only Jesus your neighbors will see, your family members will see, that person who disagrees with you sees. What are we going to do with that moment? Are we going to be judgmental? Are we going to be aggressive? Or are we going to stop and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to love them with gentleness? I want to live that. And I know I'm not alone. I know that all of us, we can grow in this area. And so I want to be more like Jesus. And I want our church to look more like Jesus. But we have to be willing to bend the knee, to bend our head, and take his yoke upon us. We have to be willing to listen to him so we can be like him. And if we listened, we'd hear the same words he said 2,000 years ago. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart. I'm meek. I'm humble. All of my control is under control. And if you learn from me and you take my yoke upon you, you will find rest for your souls. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.